Welcome to the seventh episode of the Disney Cruise Line blog podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the recently released itineraries for the fall of 2017. These new fall sailings will feature a variety of new and altered itineraries. The Disney Wonder will return to the Mexican Riviera with sailings from San Diego. The Disney Magic will be returning to New York with a few intriguing Canadian coast itineraries, along with sailings to the Bahamas. The Disney Dream will continue alternating three and four night Bahamanian cruises from Port Canaveral, along with the Disney Fantasy, which will also be sailing from Port Canaveral, alternating seven night Eastern and Western Caribbean cruises. Bookings via travel agents and calling Disney Cruise Line directly opened for Golden and Platinum Castaway Club members on Wednesday, May 25th, followed by open booking on Thursday, May 26th. There are no new home ports this time around, but the Magic will be returning to New York, San Juan, and Miami. And the Disney Wonder will home port once again in San Diego and Galveston. As previously mentioned, the Disney Dream and Disney Fantasy will continue to home port in Port Canaveral. In all, there were about 15 new itineraries based solely on the number of maps we had to make to load the itineraries on the website. I think we'll just go in order talking about the ships, starting with the Disney Magic. The Disney Magic will end her Mediterranean season and embark on an 11-night Western Transatlantic cruise from Barcelona on September 16th. It'll make a stop in St. Notable stop in St. John's, Newfoundland, before arriving in New York City. Once in New York, the Disney Magic will sail a series of Canadian-slash-Atlantic coastline cruises with a mix of Bahamian, longer Bahamian cruises that uh, will stop at Port Canaveral and Castaway Key. When they stop at Port Canaveral, guests will uh, each receive a one-day Walt Disney World park hopper ticket and round-trip transportation to uh, the theme park area from the port. The Canadian cruises will feature two new ports, Bar Harbor, Maine, and Prince Edward Island. It's actually Charlottetown over on Prince Edward Island up in Canada. Those two ports are not on the same itinerary, and the itineraries are not close together, allowing anybody to, to take those two cruises on a back-to-back to visit both of those ports. I, I feel like those seven-night and five-night cruises on the Canadian coast will actually be cold. I know the point of them is to see the fall colors, which is cool. Um, the seven-night Canadian coast cruise that leaves October 21st, the one that includes Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, it probably is very pretty, but I would expect some cool weather temperatures. Um, the five-night Canadian coast cruise that includes Bar Harbor, Maine, I looked that up on Google Maps because I've only been to Maine once. I went to uh, Scarborough and South Portland, and I wanted to see where Bar Harbor was because, of course, I've heard of it. It is in a nice little island with Acadia National Park, so I think that that would be the choice, that um, amazing September 27th, 2017 cruise, because you could go to a national park on that voyage. I did do just a, a quick little price comparison. The five-night Canadian Coast cruise for two adults in 2016 on a Category 7A was 
just over $2,900. But in 2017, with the addition of the new port of Bar Harbor, Maine, that jumps it up to over $3,700. Actually, the difference was over $800 between the two of them. So, you know, in in typical Disney fashion, they go ahead and they give you something new and, and you pay for it. So, um, you know, I was just kind of looking at some of the pricing. The transatlantic always gets me because it's so cheap for so many nights. And you were talking about coming over uh, 11 night cruise. Just just a, an example, two adults in a category 11 B, 2250 and change in 2017, that same uh, 11 night 11 B category about $2,400. So you're, you're just seeing about a $150 increase. And that is truly such a good deal for two adults on an 11 night cruise. Um, yeah, that's an inside stateroom. But I mean, that's just over, you know, 1200 bucks a person. That's, that's down to that almost $100 per person per night. So, you know, as usual, the magic has got some some good stuff mixed in with some of the classic sailings that we're used to. One thing I actually forgot all about, and thanks to the guy from Quebec for reminding me in, our, in the comments section. Uh, a couple of years ago, Quebec City, there was an article in, the lo- in a local paper, a French language paper in Quebec City, uh, talking about how Disney Cruise Line was toying with the idea or the city or Disney, they were talking about a potential visit there. This was an article back September 2013. But it was interesting that I'm looking at this now. Uh, one, of the, I, one of the cruise ships that visits Quebec City actually kind of does a back-and-forth route where they start in one and end in the other, then reverse the course. And their itinerary starts in Quebec City with an overnight, sails the Gulf of St. Lawrence, ports in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, visits Sydney, Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia, tenders in Bar Harbor, Maine, and ends in Boston, Massachusetts. Where did the Disney Magic just visit on the transatlantic? Boston, Boston. Massachusetts, Scott. So is this whole thing, you know, are they continuing to test the water, so to speak, up in the uh, that area of the country for the future, especially when there are two more cruise ships sailing the waters and there's more more opportunities for the older ships to go elsewhere. I don't know, just something to, that caught my mind as we're going through this. In late November, the Disney Magic will leave New York and set a course for San Juan on a short five-night repositioning or very short repositioning cruise to San Juan with a stop in Tortola. However, once in San Juan, they will turn around and head out on a five-night repositioning cruise back to Miami. Along the way, they will stop in St. Kitts, Tortola, and Castaway Key. Then in December, they will sail a series of four-night Bahamian cruises and a five-night Western Caribbean cruise to Cozumel. Moving along to the Disney Wonder. The Disney Wonder will finish her Alaskan season and leave her summer home port of Vancouver on September 11th, heading down on a short four-night cruise to San Diego with a brief stop in Victoria. 
followed by two days at sea. Once in San Diego, the Disney Wonder will spend September and October sailing a mix of Baja and Mexican Riviera cruises. The Mexican Riviera cruises will feature the return of Mazatlan, Mexico. In terms of new itineraries for the Disney Wonder out of San Diego, the seven-night Mexican Riviera with sea days, stop in Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, and Cabo San Lucas. Uh, there's an, another four-night Baja cruise that's a little different from this year's. It goes down to Cabo with, some, with two sea days. And another seven-night Mexican Riviera cruise, which is just more or less a reverse of the other one. But it's still, I know, I look at it as a different itinerary because the port days are different. Just before Halloween, the Disney Wonder will set off on a 14-night eastbound Panama Canal cruise, leaving San Diego and ending Galveston. In true shocking nature that never happens with Disney Cruise Line, Albeit not very much, we could call it a wash, but the price on the Panama Canal cruise actually went down from 2016 to 2017. So for two adults in a 9A uh, with onboard booking, which is 10% off prevailing rates, was $4,200 in 2016. In 2017, it was $4,193. I was... A little leery of that, so I checked a different category. 7A in 2016, again for two adults, $5,131. 7A in 2017, $5,075. It is possible to find a deal on Disney Cruise Line, and as most of you that are savvy and have sailed with them for a while would know, the cruises when the kids are in school are usually where your deals are to be had. So, when this fall release comes out, you know, when the kids start back to school after Labor Day in, in October and November until you get to Thanksgiving, those are the true, um, I'm going to use air quotes here, deals for Disney Cruise Line. That's when the kids are in school. The holiday pricing is, of course, a premium as well as, you know, summer and spring break. But these transatlantic and Panama Canal cruises um, are definitely your best deals. And they typically don't sell out these days and, and are released for, you know, military and what have you usually. So anyways, I just thought that was interesting that it was possible that, you know, something on Disney Cruise Line could actually go down in price. So there you go. It can't happen, folks. Once in Galveston, the Disney Wonder will sail a mix of seven-night Bahamian and Western Caribbean cruises. The Bahamian cruises will call on Key West, Castaway Key, and NASA, and the Western Caribbean cruise will visit Cozumel, Grand Cayman, and Falmouth. And those sailings will pretty much take it to the end of 2017. Moving on to the Disney Dreams fall itineraries, three and four nights out of Port Canaveral. Well, Scott, you said that with so much excitement. Well, you were very excited about this. <laughs> the only real highlight, if anything, would be a three-night on December 26th that is Port Canaveral, Castaway Key, and A Day at Sea dropping NASA, which I believe is... A stretch by you calling it a highlight? 
one of the first for a three night on the dream. A stretch for you calling it a highlight. We received word that the eleven the we received word that the November thirteenth, two thousand and seventeen four night cruise was chartered, and that was announced or that news came out before the itinerary release. So it's not like they let anybody book that, but that's just something that you'll notice if you're trying to look for that sale date, it's probably not going to be available. Uh, on a note, I think that that's very nice because in the past, um, there has been a lot of issues with people booking cruises and then them getting chartered for TCM or some other organization and then them having to move their cruises. So um, kudos to Disney for taking it offline from the get-go. Um, I think that that's actually great. Once again, the Disney Dream will continue to sail three and four nights from Port Canaveral, leaving on Fridays and Mondays. Moving along to the last ship, the Disney Fantasy. The Disney Fantasy will be sailing seven-night Eastern and seven-night Western Caribbean cruises. The seven-night Easterns will have stops in Tortola, St. Thomas, and Castaway Key, while the Westerns will visit Cozumel, Grand Cayman, and Falmouth, finishing with Castaway Key. The November 11th seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Disney Fantasy is not available to book, leading me to speculate, based on the 2016 date, that this might be the 2017 TCM Classic cruise, which has been ongoing and has, will just, for the first time, be on the Disney Fantasy here in 2016. It's just my speculation based on how the calendar falls and the sailing not being available. However, that date is not available to book. There is one gem that surfaced out of the Disney Fantasy itineraries, and this is definitely the first, probably the third unique itinerary for the Disney Fantasy now after the uh, summer Southern Caribbean cruises. This is a seven-night Western out of Port Canaveral. Uh, it's the week of Christmas, 2017. It goes from Port Canaveral to Castaway Key. There's a sea day. Sails to Grand Cayman, Cozumel, another sea day, and a second stop at Castaway Key. So it is the first uh, itinerary for the Disney Fantasy with two stops at Castaway Key. And I can only imagine this is going to be a premium considering it will be a very merry time cruise, the week of Christmas. Well, Scott, since you asked about a premium, as soon as this was announced, as soon as the rest of the itineraries were announced, the first thing I thought of was get out your American Express gold card, people, because this one is going to be the granddaddy of them all. How about that card that's made of metal? This cruise is not only A on the Fantasy, which Scott prefers to refer to as, quote, funny money. <laughs> it is also over Christmas. So that means that that is a blockout date for onboard bookings. You don't receive your 10% off onboard booking. Thank you to um, some pricing information that was on the internet from the Gold and Platinum Cruisers today that got quotes. Um, I have to say that I was wrong about one thing. I assumed that the concierge category, um, no one no one priced out the Royal Suites, so there's that. 
Category T, two adults, one child, $29,000. So you want to go in concierge over Christmas? You have a choice between um, a brand new nice car or seven nights on the Disney Fantasy. So, you know, you choose wisely. So people will choose that. That's great. Disney would not charge it if people didn't pay it. So if you're looking in those, you know, different categories, you know, our favorite category, um, we like the category 5E, but this one's for two adults, two children, $10,000. You know, we are family, two adults, one child, category 8A, $7,755. I mean, you go with the lowest category on the ship. You just want to be on board. Category 11C, two adults, $6,274. So I I kind of laughed with Scott and said, you know, this cruises, the holiday cruises are always a premium. They're always blocked out. But now you've added a double dip on Castaway Key, and it's going to be pricey. And sure enough, it is. So we'll be interested to see how how that guy sells. Uh, I... I'm sure it will sell very well because of the uniqueness of the itinerary and the fact that it's a Christmas cruise. So, um, you know, there is a choice that you can you can go on any of the of the other ships for for less money. So, I believe the one of them is out of out of Miami. You know, there there are several other options. Potentially, if you're just looking at two stops at Castaway Key. You might be able to book back to back on the dream for seven nights during a similar time period and make that happen for less if that's something you're looking for. If you're just looking for the two stops to Castaway Key, I Still mean, have I, the same dream class ship. Except you're stuck with two stops in Nassau, Scott. So um, it's definitely not the same. I don't know. Depends when you do it. True. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I personally would always pick the seven night cruise on the fantasy over the back to back on the dream. Lose that day, change over day. It's not like having a day at sea, even though you don't have to be off the ship until nine thirty, and you can get back on 1130. It's, it's not like having a sea day. So it's not relaxing that ch- change over day. It's just something to consider if, Two stops at Castaway Key is what you'd really like to do over the holidays there. But you don't want to pay the funny money premium? Is that what yeah. you're getting at, Scott? Potentially. It all comes down to what the prices are in the dream, which we haven't seen at this point. Correction. The back-to-back on the Disney dream is actually more expensive than the one sailing on the Disney Fantasy. That pretty much wraps up the fall 2017 itinerary itinerary release for the fleet. Although Disney Cruise Line kind of holds these these dates close to their vest, there's a potential that these late September and October dates will be Halloween on the high seas cruises with the, all the special events associated with those sailings and the same with the no, you know, November and December sailings being very maritime cruises with the holiday events and the decorations throughout the ship. We've sailed on a few of the Halloween on the High Seas sailings and one of the very maritime cruises. And, I mean, 
I love the Very Merry Time Cruise. That was one of my favorite cruises on the Fantasy. The ship was gorgeous. It was it was gorgeous. I would choose that again in a heartbeat. It's it's very well done. It's not thrown in your face. So if you're still trying to go on a cruise, I mean the Halloween activities and decorations, they're not overpowering to where it's a themed cruise where you're like, just get me away from this. You can still have the regular cruise experience, but aside from really the atrium areas and a couple other smaller things, maybe they're for the very maritime cruises, there's trees scattered throughout, but it's it's not as in your face as you might think. It's pretty subtle, and if you're not interested in that kind of stuff, you can usually get away from it. I think to finish out this podcast, we're going to go around and talk about which itinerary are our favorites. Like if we had a, could pick one and just go on, what would we pick? Isabel, would you like to start? The itinerary that I like the best is the seven night on the fantasy that is a double dip. And Isabel, why would you choose that one? What what makes that exciting for you? It's the first double dip on the fantasy, and I like double dips. Because I like Castaway Key. Do you like that it's over Christmas? Would you be able to not be at your house for Christmas? Maybe. And do you like the fact that it is a very merry time cruise? Yes, because I like very merry time cruises. Okay. That's a good option. Um, Emily, do you have one that you'd like to go on? I have three. Okay. Okay. What I know three? that we're choosing one, but uh, it would it would be a toss up between the Panama Canal and the Transatlantic because I would really like to go on one of those cruises, which of course we are bound by the school schedule. But you know, I would say first I would choose the Panama Canal simply because it is fourteen nights. Second, I would choose the Transatlantic simply because it is eleven nights. So the Panama Canal wins. Not only because you get to go through the Panama Canal, but because it is three nights longer than the transatlantic. You know, and people say, how can you en enjoy five sea days in a row? My response to that is easy. Pool. No problem. So the other one that's kind of intriguing out of that, um, I do like the one that goes to Bar Harbor, Maine, because I think going to KD National Park would be neat, um, being that I do... Live in, that we live in Florida, it's not something that I would fly up for a seven or for a five night cruise. But I think that that is certainly an intriguing um, port on that particular cruise. So um, my out of those itineraries, my first choice would be the Panama Canal, followed by the Transatlantic, followed by the main stop. In reality. We will probably book when Isabel is has a weekend, that weekend in October that she's off. So we will book something, but it won't be one of those three. So, Scott, what about you? This is inquiring minds want to know. You've got one vote for a very merry time Christmas cruise, double dip on the fantasy. You've got another vote where you asked me to pick one, and I chose three. So... What do you say? What say you? 
probably have to edit that out, Bill O'Reilly. Well, then ask me again. What about you, Scott? What What would be your choice? I'm always intrigued by the transatlantic cruises. However, 11 nights, I'd want for a cruise like that, I'd kind of like to make it a little longer. The The Atlantic Canadian cruises are interesting, but I don't know. I'd, lo- I'd almost like those to visit more places, be more port intensive since... Uh, it seems like there's a lot of sea days in there. You don't really, I mean, you may go to one or two ports per cruise and that's it. Uh, honestly, I think out of them all, the Mexican Rivieras are interesting, but then again, it's kind of limited, uh, the places. So I think the best itinerary really is the 14 night Panama Canal cruise because you get a lot of those spots that the, uh, Baja and Mexican Riviera cruises would stop at. Plus you get, you know, two weeks on the Wonder. You get to go through the Panama Canal. You get a little bit of the Western Caribbean. There's just a lot to see and do. Plus there's many days to relax. And I always, I still want to go on a, a Panama Canal cruise, so. I think Scott and I are in the category that we are the people that are the longer the better the cruise. And we did the 11-night Norway and Iceland cruise, and um, that was great. And so seeing a Panama Canal cruise being 14 nights just is exciting. And, you know, the pa- some of the transatlantic cruises, Scott, didn't they do that one that was 15 nights before? Yes. So they've shortened this one pretty much to kind of the, the shortest length that a transatlantic cruise could be. And I mean that's great. That's a that's a nice vacation. You know, like I said, we did the eleven nights. I loved the eleven night cruise. Um, you know, there was enough ports, enough sea days. I think that was great. But I would have easily been able to spend another three plus nights on on that ship. So um, yeah, I think that that we're in agreement. So Isabel, I have a question for you. What is your question? Um, although you chose for your favorite cruise the seven-night Christmas cruise on the Fantasy Double Dip, yes. how do you feel about long cruises? I love them because you get more time to enjoy the ship on like three nights and the four nights on the dream where you just get a few days to get the taste of it. Right, so you are nine years old for the listeners out there. Yes. And um, how do you rate the activities on the ship? Meaning, would you feel that for 14 nights on a 14-night cruise you'd be bored? No. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. So, uh, you know, just from Isabel's perspective, there are certainly... You know, we have taken Isabel out of school for cruises before. We're getting to the age where, unfortunately, uh, for her, we can't do that anymore. Unfortunately for us, the pricing would be awesome if we could do that. But, um, you know, as the kids get older, there's way more things for them to do and have to catch up on and study for and, you know, things like that. But I think that she would definitely enjoy a, a Panama Canal or a transatlantic cruise. 
this wraps up our discussion of the uh, Disney Cruise Line Faults 2017 itineraries. Um, I'd like to thank you for your continued feedback and suggestions for future episodes. We've, we keep adding these suggestions that we get from Twitter and email to a running, to a, a running list we've got going for future podcast subjects. Uh, so keep the suggestions coming and we will hopefully get to those topics sooner than later. You can connect with the show via the comments on the website, Twitter at the DCL blog, or give us a call at 321-765-3252 with questions, comments, or feedback.